0: steve brooks was never content with just one woman or two or three god knows half the women in town could have killed him for being such a womanizer one did
1: well g'day and welcome to the fortress have you seen that movie before God, I hope not. (laughs) It's a bloody shocking trailer, isn't it? I don't think I've seen that movie either, but the trailer alone, just what decade do you think that might have been? Here's a clue. Listen to the man's voice again. I think he did every single trailer in that decade. Let's all take a moment. As we know, we are here on a crusade to save pop culture, the age of a megastar. Well, Ariana Grande, we bow down to you. We bow down. What do you think of a new song? I can't tell you how much I love it. I mean, it's just reminded me of how long it's been, months. Probably since Kylie's Tension album that we've heard some brilliant pop music come through. Oh, and Troy Sivan as well. But as soon as this one kicked in, it was like, yes. Hey, but did it remind you of something? Like you do. One of my favourite tracks, Pink Cadillac. As soon as I listened to Ariana's song, I, I paused it after the first 20, 30 seconds and went, hang on a second, I recognise this. Do you want to compare it? Okay, I'm going to risk copyright here. In fact, I'm not risking anything. I'm going to earn myself a copyright strike by doing this, but it is important. Have a listen. do you think can you hear the comparisons has anyone else made them and then i was listening to that in the car and i decided i've got to see the video because ariana makes fantastic videos doesn't she so back i came straight to youtube put it on what a wonderful video but did that remind you of anything surely this one is just like maybe the sound comparison is one of those are they just sound alike type of deals i mean it has to be otherwise they get in trouble for sampling and all of that, right? But with the video clip, that has to be a homage, doesn't it, to Cold Hearted by Paula Abdul? It has to be. And if it's not, it's outrageous. Um, I haven't gone back and watched Cold Hearted, but I know that video very, very well. And Paula did it first. I mean, you've got the the prudish, cynical people walking in, lining up, waiting to, you know, judge and then, of course, the spectacles get removed and the ridiculously over-dramatic faces. Which, by the way, I thought in the video clip for Cold Hearted, when they took off their glasses and their mouths dropped to the floor, I thought there was good reason for that, because Paula was, yeah, doing some remarkable things. I love Ariana's choreography and dancing in this, but when they take off their spectacles and their mouths drop to the floor, you sort of think, uh, why? You're just watching something you could see any day of the week. I didn't believe that part of it. Um, but the tears on the dance floor, it, it, it's got to be, doesn't it? It's a homage, surely. It has to be. Has anyone called this out yet? I haven't had time to go and read reviews of this song. Probably getting torn apart because I would imagine Ariana fans... Um, are not used to this sort of very, very sugary pop, which is my favourite, which is probably why I love it. This is great, and the video clip's fun. It's great to see Ariana back doing her thing. She's got a great sense of humour in it, as always. In fact, th- Thank You Next, right? That was referencing some awful film that I haven't actually seen, but apparently it was very much... There you go, actually. this is. There's the evidence. She's, she's referencing... Even referencing back to the 90s with that film, isn't she? I think. Am I wrong? So with Paula, she's referencing back to the 90s again. Anyway, the production is amazing. This one isn't earworm. It gets in your head. Um, Welcome back, Ariana. Welcome back. I hope your whole album is as good as this lead single. Now listen, we're about to talk to Simon Fowler. And you're probably thinking, who? Well, get this. He shot the cover ...for one of Kylie's albums. And plenty of her singles too. I'm not going to tell you which. You can stay tuned. And you can hear the stories of the behind the scenes for that. And just what a nice man to talk to. Simon Fowler. A lovely, lovely man. So please stay tuned for that. But it got me thinking about Kylie's next album. Yeah, I know. It was only September, wasn't it? September when she released um, Tension. um, And can't you leave her alone, Tim? Let her do her thing for a little while. Well, no. I want like many of you actually I want her to strike while the iron is hot. And I've been really thinking about what I'd like to see her do next. And do you think it's time we had an album with a incredibly cohesive soundscape again like KM94 or Impossible Princess to a degree? And how do we do that cuz the challenge is always don't go back to doing teeny boppy lyrics right she got, she got criticized for that around Feather and she was only in her 30s there um, and people were saying she shouldn't be she shouldn't be singing about dancing on the dance floor in hot pants oh gee the people you remember it don't you you remember it if you're there you remember it. it's like dance floor's the worst song ever um and she was just sort of trashed for um yeah, the lyrics mainly. Why is she still singing about this in her 30s? Little did we know. But let me try to articulate this to you. And I, I don't know if I can, to be honest, because it's just this little seedling of an idea. Like the things she knows the most about above and beyond the average person. So fame, celebrity and heartache. Relationships. Because she loves hard, right? And, and often those relationships end hard. And she knows a thing or two about getting back on her feet after these times. And she has written about it plenty, right? I mean, Lifetime to Repair. Many of the songs on Golden, for example, are about that theme. The PWL days, those songs were bright and happy. Yet they were monstrously depressing if you actually read the lyrics. They were all about love love and loss. I'd love to see an album like that. And I think it could be quite self-referential. It, it could be called Impossible Heartache, for example. And on this album, Impossible Heartache, I'd love to see uh, songs like Flower, like proper, true ballads, Put Yourself in My Place. Like, Let's get a, let's get a great Kylie ballad happening again because we haven't seen one of those in a while, like a true, authentic ballad. But let's also keep that theme of heartache and mix it with Euphoria And I'd love one of the tracks on that album, if not the lead single, to be called She Should Be So Lucky. Songs of grief, songs of loss, songs of love, and unhinged revenge. She should have one killer song on there where she just goes a bit bjork, a bit psycho. Half the album about being dumped and the other half of the album about being the dumper. It reminds me of that Whitney it reminds me a bit of that Whitney Houston double CD. Remember, Throw Down and Throw Up? No, you can't admit that. She had a double CD with all the up songs on one and all the, the ballads on the other. Throw Down and... What was it again? Certainly wasn't Throw Down and Throw Up. Oh, but whatever. Maybe, maybe Kylie could do Disc 1, The Dumper, Disc 2, The Dumpy. No. I think I've become unhinged. We'll go back to the original idea, Impossible Heartache, with a track on it called She Should Be So Lucky, with lots of euphoric songs about love, grief and loss. What about that? What do you think? And I've got to say, it's that time again. Start sending me your voice memos again, please. I loved it when that happened. They went a bit quiet over the Christmas period, probably because we didn't have as many podcasts as we normally do. But that email address is time to talk Australia at outlook.com okay with all that out of my system let's walk on into the fortress together you're about to meet simon fowler the amazing british photographer who's shot so much more than you can ever imagine i guarantee you that if you've ever bought a cd or a vinyl you've bought something that simon fowler has shot the front cover of put it that way I guarantee you. And also stay tuned, because if you know who Matt Walsh is and the devastating things he said about Madonna recently, well, we have Al Neil on to respond to some of those shocking comments. It's great to have your company. Let's walk in together, hey? Well, now you may think I'm fooling for the foolish things I do. Coming to you from the mountain fortress of pop culture. listening to Time to Talk.
0: We don't do crack. We don't do that. Your crack is whack.
1: <laughs> I hate to start this conversation in the most uncool way possible, um, yeah. particularly when I'm speaking to Simon Fowler, who's mixed with the coolest people <laughs> ever. But oh, like, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, in Australia at the moment, we're having mm-hmm. the highest level of humidity we've ever had like we're used to heat right heat's fine really? I, I can take heat but i'm literally this is this is worse than thailand this is terrible i'm i'm sweating sitting here so if you can Where's hear you the, from? Yeah, well I, with the studio you know what i mean you can't oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah so if you hear the agony in my voice, it's not you, and it's not your stories, okay? It's it's just an Australian guy it sweating. Might
2: be, it might be the stories, mate. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to meet you, though, mate. Thank you for persevering with this. Simon, while I was waiting for you to pop on the studio, I, I've done it before, but I'm, I'm just... I, I've got goosebumps, and I really mean that sincerely. I'm looking through your... Um, uh, online portfolio of the album covers, right?
2: Right, And, right.
1: You, I mean, look at it. It's Wet, 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 um, Mick Hucknall, Enya, your friend Sarah Brightman, Human League. Oh, my God, the list goes on and on. But it's not so much for names. That's not what I'm starstruck by. It's, it's the photography. You are a celebrity in your own right you're very respected held in great esteem and I, I don't say that to embarrass you but you are you're you're a photographer to the stars and people speak really highly of you how do you go over to germany to shoot queen for 10 minutes because as i understand it they were notoriously shy and reluctant in front of the camera how does it go for, to three hours that's something to do with your magic surely simon
2: I, i've no idea mate. i've really no idea too, mate. it would be things like um you just, generally speaking, in those scenarios, you just suck it and see. You know what I mean. Mm. And, and and one of the things with Queen was that they didn't like doing anything out of a lineup, so it was really hard to sort of. Eventually, I found out, but um, there I just thought, you know, if I get a lineup, if I get a quick lineup and the individuals, I thought, great, I've got my job. But this carried on and on. Fed led it, to be honest. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that's what happened. And over so, the
1: years. As I understand it, I know you're still working with Queen, but th- did you manage to get quite close to Freddie Mercury, did you?
2: Uh, it, they're hard to get close to, to be honest, Tim. I mean, yeah, it was on the peripheral, I suppose. But um, Well, he trusted I, you, though, I th- didn't he? Yeah, I, I think that's what it was. I mean, there was about three... I mean, you've got Neil Preston, who, who did a lot of work with him, who's probably much closer than I. You know, I, I, I started up a relationship, obviously, in, in Munich, and they, you know, they're you OK with what I shot. And get another phone call do another shoot on video somewhere and I just I was one of three photographers probably that they allowed in their camp but I think with Fred Fred always led it you know what I mean he was always the one that was full of ideas bounced around mm. said can we do this can we do that you know all that sort of stuff and the boys really kind of went with it although it's collective you know everybody had that massive respect for each other but, and they're you know the queen I mean, I, mean I, was, I was a guitarist I say, I was, I was an amateur guitarist. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm looking at Brian May and thinking, fuck, how does he do that? Wow. Do you know what I mean? You know, and he's got this, this this guy that can make these sounds pop out. And they were all individually really lovely people. So still are, well, apart from the ones that are gone. You certainly did
1: photograph a lot of celebrities, you know, as they were just flourishing into their careers. That is 100% true. Yeah, yeah. sure I can see that. And listen, mate. As I'm as I'm scrolling through all these album covers, I mean, and many of them are remarkable and so well known to me. A lot of them as well. How many do you reckon you've shot over the years? Because there's there's
2: moment, hundreds. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even count them, to be honest. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. And part, but even the ones you're looking at there, I, I you know, I might come across. Loads that I've forgotten about. <laughs> do you know what I mean? am thinking, oh, shit, I forgot you go, about oh, I, that. I better
1: add that to the gallery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely is right. it
1: always the case that, that the one that you put the most effort and planning into is the best, or is it sometimes the more spontaneous ones, the ones that you've done no, no, in a little bit? So, yeah.
2: Yeah, a lot, I mean, a lot of the times what happened back then also is that, um, so when I was doing a session, I'd, I'd do what you call a magazine look, um then you do one sort of mid-range, mid, mid range, which means the one for me and a little bit magazine, and then one sort of left left to field. You think, okay, that's my shot. You know what I mean? That's just me and the, the artist going for what I've asked them to do. And that's the one I want them to use probably. It's probably – I would have considered it then probably more arty-farty or something. Um, and generally speaking, they go for mainline.
1: And so, so we did, for the uninitiated though, Simon, that, that's the way it works, is that you, you do the – the whole shoot and you submit them you don't get to choose which one ends up on the album cover
2: sometimes yeah oh, really? sometimes you get the, yeah i mean you, it's, you you might suggest and they might turn around and say okay yeah no or, or the artist wants it that's that's the biggest pull
0: yeah so
2: if you've really if you you've connected with whoever you're shooting and you say look i think this is great so far i'll give you an example so we did um do you remember uh, D ream do you remember them yes yeah, yeah. Well, on, on their big one, after the after the, the hit single, uh, they, I was working with Pete and uh, we did this headshot with him and... Um, God, who's this put on? Alan? Was it Alan? I can't think of his name now. Um, anyway, with what it was is we, we went down to... So this is in for Photoshop and all that sort of crap. So you went down to big old places like PsyQuest places that would, you know, half a million quid's worth of um, computer... Uh, jiggery Pokery and stuff and we worked on the album cover with a face and on his cheekbone with his partner and he was the face and it was like a solarized thing it looked for me it looked great and Pete, Pete was really happy with it and of course then he had his hit then East West um, then said okay we need to because they're going to capitalize on it so he went from what I would have called an arty farty shot um, to, to a, a straightforward you know smash hits cover <laughs> yes, with, with Pete coming back in, so they changed it round. So that you got one shot, which we loved. And then Pete didn't. It's just not. I just didn't dislike the um, the final one, the pop one, but the other one was so cool. In my books, um, and and Pete's books, that um, we were just going with the flow of the record company, saying, okay, well, we've got to go mainstream. You can't go left field. Do you know what I mean? That type of thing happens all the time.
1: Yeah, and that's because they've got a particular image they're trying to present, right, whatever that happens to be. So they're going to select the photo based on that because it's a product, isn't it? Album covers, I don't know if so much these days, but certainly back in the day, uh, you're talking to someone who would spend hours in a record shop, a CD shop, and Mm. you literally were buying the music based on either you love the artist or a cover might stand out to you for some reason, so... I understand they go yeah. for the one that was going to have the most pull.
2: Yeah, literally, and most of it would be, it would, be, it would have been led, oddly enough, from um, the likes of PWL, um, who sort of marketed this kind of, you know, that I could make anybody a star. And I remember when Kylie walked, first walked in the stu- I obviously knew Kylie was coming into the studio. She walked into the studio, I didn't even recognise her. <laughs> really? That, ten, yeah, 10 seconds, I thought, fuck, that's Kylie. Because she was so ordinary, you know, walking around. I mean, that was her guys to sort of walk around the place without getting mobbed. And she got me for about 10 seconds. And I, no, I mean, it wasn't 10 seconds. It was probably about two seconds. But, you yeah. know, it felt like that kind of realisation that, God, that's kind Because
1: as I understand it, your first encounter with Kylie was uh, to shoot... Um uh, the Enjoy
2: Yourself cover. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is, yeah. yeah. Not my, not my favourite not my favorite shoot, to be honest. Oh, really.
1: come on. You're talking to someone who held that in his hands for hours. Did and you? St- da, 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 <laughs> yeah. And if I found any of the offshoots, don't forget the internet now, so what, I can find all the, the different versions of that cover. Yeah, yeah. But back yeah, then, yeah. you'd have to flick to page 62 of Smash Hits to find, you know, a little extra one. What was it about that shoot that wasn't your favourite. Why?
2: Well, it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. So one of the... I've probably given you a wrong impression there. She was she was amazing. Oh, yeah. So currently... Yeah. In fact, she was one of the first people to walk through the studio and I thought, fuck me, she's made for camera. Mm. And she can really kind of just, you know, flick it on and just connect to that camera. So it was really quite awesome. But I did a whole... It wasn't... The session, the session was absolutely fine, but that particular shot was obviously... So because she was like the girl next door kind of run, so she'd been doing stuff and, you know, you probably saw lots of stuff with her and Jace and, uh, yep. you know, very much more girl next door. Then she really wanted to become probably Madonna, you know, vibe.
1: Or a woman, and, right? She didn't want to be A woman, girl. yeah. I have to admit, around Enjoy Yourself and lots of the photos you took – she did, um, for a fan like me who studied her every day, she did go from girl to young woman. Rhythm of yeah, Love yeah. was a whole different chapter. Yeah, yeah. But here, Enjoy Yourself, she was already looking a little bit more womanly than she ever had she before. Was.
2: She was. No, that's absolutely true. But within that session, I would have done other things. And uh, and, and for me as a photographer, like, you know, and she would have come alive. And I thought, God, this girl's really on it. You know what I mean? She was just like oozing stuff out into my camera sort of lens. And... Um, so we'd have shot other stuff, and I would have thought, okay, well, this is definitely—I would love to see that on the cover. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. And then, but I did about five sessions after that, and then from that, she—you know—was just playing with wigs, and you know, she was just, she was just incredible. But to take but you I back to her. that
1: shoot, so she walks in, you don't recognize her. I'm—I've cu- always been curious. Um, she's off the back of the biggest album, uh, you know, of the one of the biggest albums of the '80s. Her her debut. Yeah. Is there yeah. a brief? Are you given a very strict brief when she comes in? Or do you start making it up with her uh, when she no. comes in?
2: No, no. It's, it's all – so what they say is they just give you a shout. And um, uh, they've got stylists on board, got all makeup and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And uh, what I do um, is I, I lay out some ideas on my – I have a little sketchbook. Right. Uh, I've got fucking hundreds of them.
1: Sorry, Simon, Um, on that sketchbook, I know I'm interrupting you, I apologise. On the sketchbook, are you literally sketching out poses or just composition or what are you sketching? Yeah,
2: vague areas. So back in the day, like now, I do all my movements on, you know, via um, um, Pinterest and all that sort of stuff. And I've come across loads of my stuff on Pinterest that I I, I don't put up there. And I just put in, okay, well, this is the flavour of what I like to do. But back in those days, it would just be literally a, a pencil drawing. Mm. I'd write down what sort of lights I'm going to use. It would be a starting point. I know the background I'm going to, you know, work with. Uh, know what sort of lighting setup I'm going to do, whether it's sort of tungsten or flash or a b- bit of, mouth, bit of mouth, both stuff. So really kind of, it was just literally a starting point. That helped me because I knew I had a lot to do. And, and I was never, I'd never fucked around too much. So, I'd, you know, I was pretty fast. And especially when someone like Kylie's on in, in your lens, because you know she just offers it up. So within the, once you do, once you've done one set up with her, you just blitz it because she's going to give you something every time she looks at camera or away from camera. Whatever she's doing, mm-hmm. she's going to be looking great.
1: And forgive my ignorance, so, but she, do yeah. you know when she comes in that that's the photo shoot for the album, or is it just a photo shoot and then they happen to go, oh, "We like these. We'll choose one for the album." It, did yeah, you know what it was for?
2: Yeah, I did. I, I, I knew the first one because right. that was done through PwL. After that, was Terry Blamey went through her management company. huh. Um, and how long did
1: you have her for for this "Enjoy Yourself" shoot?
2: Yeah, all day, all day. Really?
1: Wow. So there were lots of costume changes and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've got the head, hair, you know, hair, moves. I mean, it were subtle in those days because you know. But at that point, I suppose the waters weren't that huge. But the second shoot was massively different you know, because then she was changing to wigs and all that sort of stuff. And obviously when you wig it up, I mean, you've got, I don't know, you know, got your, your hairstylist will be there for two hours, you know. Yeah, um, um, endless possibilities, so. right? Oh, yeah, it goes on forever. Do you have vivid memories of that Enjoy Yourself
1: shoot, like when she put that hat on, for example? And and do you know what she's coming out with each time, wardrobe-wise?
2: Yeah, yeah, you, you've, got, you've got, so you walk in there, you t- so again, this is a, we shot us over in Paddington, and I had a studio in Paddington for a while. So it was just quite a cool little studio in a muse, muse studio, and um, you know, we'd have a changing room and uh, makeup area. So I just go in there, you know, we have a chat with um, the stars and just say, look, that looks pretty cool. You know, this is, this is the ones that she wants to wear, and you might you might jiggle it around a bit and say, okay, well, we'll do that, and then we can mix it with this one. Do you know what I mean? You had that kind mm. of. Uh, run that was, was was happening all the time and and people like Kylie would always you know absolutely jump into that sort of stuff and you don't know her from a bar of
1: soap I'm assuming does it take a bit of a while to warm up and to earn that trust for her to get I assume she gets quite playful because the photos seem playful to me um, how long does it take to build that rapport with someone like Kylie? <laughs>
2: Uh, easy, really piece, easy peasy, and that's what I mean. I mean, she is definitely, you know, she she. That's why she's such a, a pro, really. I mean, she can just, you know, walk into most places and look, good. I, in fact, you know, after what, what I did, on my fourth or fifth session with Kyle, I did some magazine stuff along the way as well on to, on top of that. But um, yeah, and then she went to sort of fashion photographers. After that, I was really pissed. I <laughs> oh fuck, I've lost her because she was just <laughs> getting you know, just into the sort of area, which I thought was was good, and obviously she, you know, we kind of, you know, when we did, who else, uh, I think it was, you know, we was doing things like um, lots of cross-process film stuff, uh, which was kind of weird and wacky, and um, a bit contemporary in those sort of days, when you, you know, you shoot an egg and turn it into Tranny, wow. that something of thing. it'll give you some weird colours, and all that sort of stuff was going on, and back in the day, you're a film, so now it's all, always digital, but you know, I'll be shooting five different camera setups. And
1: like you say, a, a real natural... We hear that time and time again from different people who've worked with Kylie, that the connection between her and, and the camera is really strong. Can I just go back? You, you said before it wasn't your, your happiest shoot, and I know you explained that it wasn't Kylie. Is it the finished product? Would you, it, Maybe you wouldn't have chosen that one for the cover, for yeah, that's Yeah,
2: exactly, that's exactly it. I mean, this is just because probably... If, as a photographer uh, and i'm i'm sure most photographers fall into this sort of um area when so for I the re, one of the reasons I, I was i was always trying to get away from um the sort of white backgrounds you know um clean light and all that sort of stuff which always looks great on on hindsight i i, I don't mind it now but on the time i was doing so much of it yeah i thought man i have got to do something different you know what i mean and and this wasn't this wasn't like um I didn't want to use it particularly as my calling card. I wanted to be much more cred.
1: But, Simon, I, I want you to level with me, right? When you've got mm. a subject like Kylie, mm-hmm. she is made for the camera. She knows what yeah. she's doing. Even back mm. in those early days, she knew how to flirt with the camera. Yeah, yeah. She, what do you do as a photographer when you get someone through who's, let's call it not photogenic, um yeah you know they're, they're a great musician but yeah, yeah most angles aren't so flattering what what do you
2: do there no there's always an angle there is, is there? always an angle yeah really? always um yeah i mean you might be limited uh, but there's you know i mean hey i suppose that's when you that's when your knowledge comes into play isn't it you think you know you've done so many different faces um that there's always some kind of uh, lighting technique that you've got you know up your sleeve or some kind of not, I don't want to call it a trick, but something you've done before. You think, yeah, that, I think I, the best way to do that is this, you mm. know. Uh, but yeah, like, that happens all the time. And it's I should always an angle, always an angle for a, for the photograph, mm. um, and it really depends on the person in front. If they don't care what they look like, that's part of the that's part of the problem gone. Right? Do you know what I mean? So you're, right. they're just going to be as they are, and you're just going to make the shot nice.
1: Okay. It is an intimate process taking photos of people. I mean, there's a there's an element of vulnerability on the mm-hmm. uh, for the subject. Uh, there's a lot of trust because you're the one taking the photos. Do you mm. do you ever feel a connection through that lens, Simon? Like, do you ever feel? Uh, and forgive me, I know the British are quite, you know, coy. Do you, ever feel, <laughs> l- do you ever feel lust? Do you ever feel? Some no, connection, no, no. no, nothing like that. It's all no, very professional, no. is it?
2: Always professional, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you might, it's, yeah, nothing, nothing like that would happen. I mean, first of all, you don't get the time. Oh, you I'm know, not saying that it,
1: you'd act on it. I'm just saying that when you're looking no, at something no, no, no. intimately I, like
2: well, that. Yeah. Well, by the time I meant what I meant by that was that, um, you know, you might say, so we did, um, so Sarah Brightman, who I've known since she was 17. Mm. You know, I worked with her first, which was seventeen, and then um, a few times. Then we did Starship Trooper, then big old gap, and then I, then I constantly did, did some work for her. So we did the stuff it was gold leaf all over her body. So she she would pretty much starve herself because she knows she was going to be pretty s- semi-naked. Um, but you have to, you can't get into the root of saying lustful because you won't look at your image anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you really do have to step back and go, what's looking good? Right. It's an artistic um, you know, I, endeavour. I get it. I get you it. You have to do that. You really do have Otherwise, you might as well just do something on some dodgy porno thing or something. I don't know. You know all that crap. <laughs> uh, well, you your, know, your, your yeah, work feel, has
1: never bordered on that from what I can see. Hey, is it is it true that you <laughs> photographed the Jacksons? Is that correct?
2: I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. With Michael um, when he was part of with the Michael. Jacksons.
1: What was I that like? Did, Tell yeah. us about that. Where was it at? That,
2: that was... Um, God, that was the weirdest session. That was probably one where they didn't listen to me. Yeah, so they'd, they'd come over. Michael was in this fucking old man's gear. I don't know what he was up to there, but um, <laughs> and they wouldn't. And so, for example, you know, I was just doing for CBS, when they are on CBS, as the Jacksons. It wasn't the Five. It was, it was just called the Jacksons at right. that point. Right, right. And um, then I did a quick individual of Michael afterwards. But his dad was there, and he really ruined it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Michael was very pissed off. He didn't want to be there. Didn't, didn't dress up in razzmatazz or anything like that which is what I wanted mm, mm. and um, some of those pictures I think oh god oh shit I really can't you know I've I've, I've put out one shot um, which just represents a black and white you know image of um, which looks alright I think it just it's, it's, but they but they weren't listening to me what do you mean you that Joseph I
1: mean? ruined it he, he was he overbearing what was happening
2: yeah it's, he, he ruined it for Michael because he, he couldn't stop talking to Michael and then he didn't um then he had to, um, uh, you know, but Michael wouldn't concentrate on the camera. Uh, some of my ideas were shit, to be honest, back in those days. I was just grabbing that stuff. But, um, I think there's a couple of lineups that we did. Uh, they would have used probably because it would have been the Jacksons and magazines won't care yep. what they get. And obviously the PRs go, they don't get. They know what the Jacksons are like. Yep. But, you know, the, on, the, on the evening news, when they, they, they did some TV after that, they were all razzmatazzed up, and I thought, for fuck's sake! <laughs> uh, yeah, this is meant to be a PR shot, you know. You might as well just do. Um, why don't you? You know, why didn't you dress up like that? And, and what was <laughs> what was
1: Michael like? It sounded like he was a bit sulky, and uh, he was. Yeah. He was
2: definitely sulky, with us, but I think that was his dad doing it. Right.
1: So something there was he, some energy happening before they walked in, by the sound
2: of it, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I worked with I worked um, I think it's Tito, isn't it? I think um, one of the band members. Yep. Um, he did um, the band of three T, and uh, which I worked with, and he remembered me. Oh, And I thought, man, really? You t- I, I, I didn't believe him, to be honest. Yeah, but this, And I'm talking like 10 years later. Wow. Yeah, so.
1: Can I tell you, some of my fa- – I mean, there's so many photographs. And people, I encourage you to go to simonfowlerphotography.com and have a look at Simon's archives and album covers. It's all divided up beautifully. But the ones – there's so many that stand out. But I love your photos of Mick Hucknall. I, when he was very young, and and even after yeah. that, I, I I I just think they're they're so of the time, aren't they? Early '90s, late '80s. What was it like shooting him?
2: Yeah, Mick, I, I, again, I shot him a few times after that, but um, he was yeah, he was a lovely like guy. I mean, again, you know, he, he was. I suppose it was all about Mick. Do you know what I mean? It was. It, it, he was the guy, uh, although he was with simply red. Um. You know, he was the one. He was the spokesperson. He was the one, the guy with the voice, um, uh, and I suppose the bottom line. Um, but he had, to, he had that, you know, with the hat, with a handicap hat and stuff, and he had a really classic, cool-looking fa- face. You know, I mean, obviously it's you know it's changing a bit, but at that point, I thought he looks great through camera. So.
1: He really did and I loved the fashion that he had back then the hat. The hat. and he almost looked like a like a like a, a poet from back in the days a Tudor he dynasty did. or something right Yeah yeah
2: right, yeah that's right
1: um, Michael Hutchins you shot Michael Hutchins what was yeah, that yeah, like
2: yeah. Great he's a lovely guy lovely guy in fact he mentioned Kylie at that point he was just talking about it and I thought oh okay and then a few you know a couple of weeks later he was going out with her and I thought oh what is it? that was obviously going something was going down there uh, and, and he and really stuff. got yeah, into Mike's some lovely.
1: of the photos you've got there. you like, he's he's doing high air kicks, he's he, yeah, yeah, he wasn't shy, was he?
2: He was never shy, no, no, no. He was, um, that was incredibly sad what happened to Mike. Um, and I suppose you know, I don't know if, if it's a funny thing in a sort of rock and roll world, isn't it? I mean, it can be very self indulgent sometimes, you can get lost into, um. Certain areas, I suppose, and, you know, that happens a lot, doesn't it?
1: I think it's worth reminding people that at, 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 at one point you were the, I think it's called principal photographer for Smash Hits magazine at the yeah. peak of its... You know, popularity, and I was getting my hands on Smash Hits here in Australia, uh, yeah, which yeah. would have opened the door to. I mean, look, I, I can see you've done photo shoots with Bross, certainly Marky Mark, as he was known back then, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. there wouldn't have been many you missed along the way for Smash Hits, right?
2: No, no. I mean, there's a, there's, again, there's a handful of us uh, shooting for it. Yeah, I did loads of covers. But again, it was one that this is when this is I was talking about earlier that. You know, you do this kind of um, glam light, um, you know, white background, glam light run, and um, and the smash hits At that point, were that's all they did. You know, they, they if they wanted the front cover, it was going to be clean cut. You know, your, your, your art is looking really pretty, you know, all that sort of stuff, which is fine. I, I don't, again... And for I some reason, so
1: always awful. kicking towards the camera.
2: <laughs> Not always. Yeah. I'm exaggerating, but there were a lot jumping, of those. <laughs> k- kicking, jumping, you know, screaming, laughing, whatever you're doing. But you're um, appealing to the all, teens, right? So, we wanted fun and high yeah. energy,
1: right? So, what are you going to do? You do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Absolutely right. I've got to say, Simon, one of the most remarkable photographs, going back to Kylie, that that stands out for me was, was when I was waiting desperately for Better the Devil You Know to come out. And this right, is, right. To, you were referring before to when the wigs came out and I assume that's this. The cover of Better the Devil You Know, I can't tell you how many people like my sister and girls who hadn't been interested in Kylie before looked at it mm. and went, for A, is that Kylie? And then B, she looks unbelievable. She was just looking up. I don't know how you did it, but... The, that is one of the most iconic photos of Kylie, for me, um, when she's just looking up. I think she might have a headband on.
2: Yeah. yeah. Can you
1: tell us about that shoot? Was it on I can, the videos? Yeah, head I can.
2: Or? No, so this was no, no, this is on the studio. Right. Uh, she was, she's laying on the table. That's all she was on um, we shots. This is when you did um, conversion film. So there was a neg. We used to think called GPF uh, Kodak the thing. We used to convert it into a tranny, transparency. So you could do that through your colour lab. And you had this kind of quality that, that came out, but yeah, again, this is I mean, this is when I'm talking about Kylie crossing over into what you'd class as a womanhood area, you know, when she really sort of get, went from girl next door through to um, a much more of a controlled, not controlled. Um, uh, she knew how to work the camera, right. though, right? She just, more than yeah, ever. She just went for it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. That, that was that one. Yeah, I remember it well. And she was literally laying on a table.
1: She was laying on a table. I never would have yeah, guessed. Yeah, looks,
2: looks like it. Yeah, it looks like from the shop from the top, isn't it? But yeah. Again, you know, this is the trick of the light. And the trick and, of the camera. And I'm camera. not going to
1: lie to you. I've I've tried to copy that exact composition <laughs> with many people over the years, like different friends yet? and family and stuff like that. Yeah, awesome. I said, and I've I've never had them lying on a table. Maybe that's where I'm going wrong.
2: Yeah, well, they, yeah, they, no, i have given it away now, so you can go do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but I mean, what did you when when she came out though? Uh, after doing the enjoy yourself shoot, and then you did some more after that around like smash hits, other things. But when she came at that era, <clears> throat> out throat> with the wigs and the look and the fashion, were you as gobsmacked as the rest of us at this new image?
2: No, 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 because uh, again, uh, so when you so, so you, when you're in these sessions, well, again, you're going back to stylists and all that sort of stuff. So, mm-hmm. you've got this rack of, of clothing and stuff, and you know, you could they could be messing around in the, in the changing room, and you could walk in and have a you know, and you're chatting away and stuff like that, and you could just really, really say, "I love that," and you know, it could be in a different mm. direction, and, and and Kylie obviously was very much into moving away from that girl next door. Mm. And, and playing with this kind of womanhood area. Does it make it more exciting and,
1: to shoot, though? Because you, you oh, realise totally. that, oh, my totally. God, she wants to do something daring and she wants to do something different. Does that make your life exciting?
2: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just like a, you know, when you – so we did a shot with her. Um, I think we did, they used it for one of her programs where she's got a hand up, which is like – I know it um, well.
1: That's the front cover yeah. of the Enjoy Yourself Tour program guide.
2: Yeah, that's the one. So uh, we, we did like three And it's the same bra
1: as from the Enjoy Yourself album cover, I think. Anyway, that's just a, a thought. I, yeah, I, I yeah think it, it, it is. is. It
2: might have been at the end mm. of the, that mm. shoot. And I thought, well, this is looking much cooler. And, and in fact, it was that shot I thought would be great for the album cover.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hang on. Let me just know describe you this to it, the people who don't know. Me. So where she was in her career there, imagine everyone, if you know the Enjoy Yourself cover, And Mm. Simon has just said the one that ended up – like, this is Kylie with wind in her hair. She's got a denim jacket, I think, something like that from memory. Uh, And look, her midriff is showing, and she looks much more rock than pop. That would have blown minds.
2: I think it would. But they 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 just play safe. I mean that's what happens to record companies. Yeah, tell what.
1: me about this. Do you ever listen to the album before you're shooting the album cover? Because
2: didn't get can, I just, on that one.
1: can I just explain why? With Enjoy Yourself, that I love the image you're talking about, but it would not have matched the music. It's not rock and roll, it was pure bubblegum. Pure.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know I what mean? mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And that's and that's that's where the record company would say, Well that doesn't fit mm. at the mm. moment, that doesn't fit. But
1: sometimes you get to hear the record, and does that inspire the photograph?
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You, um,
1: did you shoot any other Kylie album? Rhythm of Love wasn't yours, as I understand it.
2: No, I think um, I did – I mean, lots of single bags and stuff like that. Yes. Single covers, but um, – Never Too
1: Late was yours, I think, um, yeah. which is where she's again, in our boy
2: stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Cool. Well, again, you see, you know, even then they cropped it into – so there's a shot on my site, I think, which is what I would have. That's how I would have sh- shot it. That's, how, Full that's how I would have liked to have seen it. No, it was so much more mid, right? And I think on I think on the single they cropped into it. Um, but there's one on the again, back
1: cover of the Never Too Late 12-inch single. And sorry to get really technical,
2: where yeah, maybe no, well you prob- you've probably seen stuff that I haven't seen. So yeah. I'm going to be honest here. I mean, you know, lots of stuff got printed up. So mm, mm. I, yeah, I, I'm not I'm probably not privy to half this. Well, I probably just haven't noticed it. So yeah. you're probably, if you are hard, hard nosed core fan, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you know You're you're going to see things that that they printed up that I probably think, oh shit, yeah. They were cute. For those sure. though,
1: the, the cowboy ones uh, around Never Too Late, they really were. They were very cute.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, it, you know, it was just one of those things which I thought would um would look good. And I know that when I spoke to the star, she she kind of was was well, they were talking about doing a cowboy hat. I was like, okay, well, we'll do a. We'll do a Guns Up shot. Yes, <laughs> you know I mean? yes. That's the kind of look you, you, you think, oh, yeah, that's, that's – And it, that. And it,
1: and it um, flowed into the video clip and, you know, it was all very consistent. I liked that. Hey, can yeah. I ask I've, – I've been dying to ask this, but retouching and, mm. as they call it, Photoshopping these days, this is common, right? All of us have the phone. It yeah. comes out. We, we use filters, da-da-da, and, poor <clears> any <throat> – any, I worry about teenagers because any blemish, any pimple, it's gone, any scar. When you shot um, these stars of the the '90s, '80s, and all these album covers, and it was all on film, yeah. let's take the "Enjoy Yourself" cover as an example. Like, do you retouch, yeah. or is that exactly no. as we
2: no. see it? Yeah, exactly as we see it. Wow. They they might have done something at their end on the art the art, art side with the color Yeah. Yeah, maybe on. Um, Again, with with kinda of, I mean, there wasn't much to do. Do you know what I mean? She she was always looked great. It hit her with some nice light, and, you know. It wasn't much to do. End of. Um, I mean, nowadays, I probably don't do that much retouching on youngsters. It's more it's more on the um, the mature side that you might tidy up something. Right. But that's a difference now because on digital, of course. When so back in the day, again go back to film, you had a particular quality on film that you can't get on digital. You can, yes. you can cheat it on digital. So I went to, um, there was a lot of time, probably back in about 98, 2000, people saying are you are going to shoot digital? Um, can we do digital? Because it was, cause the other thing, of course, about digital at that point was it was, it was much cheaper. So if you were, met, so also, you, this is what happened on film. So part of your budget, you might go and spend two grand on film. Because by the time you've shot it, processed it, printed it, scanned it, um, going back, in, taking it back into digital, you'd spend a lot of money. And so digital came along, of course, didn't have any of that. Uh, it's just the image. But the difference was, of course, is that nowadays, I mean, you, it, they're so revealing, the digital side. There's, it's like shooting 5.4. Well, actually, it's not like shooting 5.4, but there's something about it that shows every little detail. So my camera I use now is giving me 175 meg files.
1: So can I just simplify that for people? Are you saying that the the cameras now are so high res that they're, they're very yeah. un- unforgiving on the subject?
2: They they reveal. It's not that they are unforgiving. They reveal everything. So, um, but that can be a problem, so,
1: surely, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. No, Most people don't want to reveal everything.
2: <laughs> no, and I had I, I had that problem. I had that problem with it a few times. So I had to explain to people that. So the the process in film was that you you got you got to eighty percent of what the image is going to look like. Mm. Uh, if you want to take it further, that you're going into you know different areas on side quests and all that sort of shit. But if you were doing digital now, it's a starting point. So, you you know, you're saying, all right, I've got to go back in. I've got to give you the examples of what the end result will look like. Mm. So, I'd go down, break it down, you know, contrast it up. I've got, you know, tricks and, and all that sort of stuff like all of us have. And then you present them the what you think would be roughly the final image. And pretty instantaneously?
1: Because that- can I just uh, – uh, sorry no, to interrupt no. you, but back in the day, I assume you did a shoot – with kylie and then she wouldn't see the product for a little while but now is there a yeah. screen where it shows them pretty much instantly what's going on
2: yeah well if, if if you're if you're doing you know you're doing capture one or something like that i mean that was the other thing that i really got to had to get the grips with is that when you did uh card whether you're doing card or tether uh, from the digital side and you know, straight into the computer then you get whole people looking at the computer and you when people stop and start you You wouldn't like that if you as a photographer. I hated it. I hated it.
1: I would hate that. I I do photo shoots very casually and amateurish now, and people go, oh, can you show me? Like they'll stand there, they'll do three or four, and they go, can I have a look at those? And it's like, no, just this is not right. I don't like it. I will go away and do my (laughs) thing, and I'll present you with good ones. But, yeah, they become more a part of that shoot. So you must have hated it when stars were looking at themselves instantly, surely.
2: Yeah, well, initially I on did, the tether? but so so I, on the tether I didn't. So now I tether all the time. Right. Um. Uh, but and I've got used to the fact that and what I can do on tether, you can say, look, this is going to be. So it's a bit like shooting Polaroid. Back in the day, we shot Polaroid as a, as a as a starting point, and you 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 set it up, you get your your Polaroid back, gives you them the idea, one. right? Yeah. Gives them a rough. feel. In fact, you can't. The, the other thing, of course, back in the days, you couldn't beat Polaroid. Photo has such a beautiful look.
1: Your photos are unbelievable. I don't say that to embarrass you, but you just capture something with these stars. That's uh, I can see the ones that are really commercial, but there's you, you also do some candid ones too. Debbie Harry, for example, comes to mind. You've got some amazing shots of her. Are there any modern celebrities
2: that you'd love to work with these days? Oh yeah, probably. Um, oh God. Um, who do I like to work with?
1: Like, have you ever done the Taylor Swifts? Have you ever done the Dua Lipa? People like that. Yeah, I
2: mean, Dua Lipa would be gorgeous. I mean, she looks fantastic. I mean, she's got a hell of a face. But again, all these people are just kind of, they're wrapped up in their own little bubbles and, you know, they, they have their own teamwork. So you probably never get involved in them.
1: And photography uh, is photography as important to a celebrity's career these days as it was, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 All, the, the reason visual. I ask is because... An album cover, like when when you pull out a vinyl, that photography yeah. hits you right in the face. It's an experience. I mean, it's a framed yeah, yeah. piece of work. Whereas on mm. Spotify and streaming, you can see it as a little square on your phone. Who cares, right? I mean, you can admire <laughs> it for right, five yeah. seconds. So that's why I was curious if musicians in particular cared as much about photography.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I was, I mean, initially, you know, that's what I want. That's the reason why I got into it. I thought I wanted to do album covers, you know, 12 inch prints of, of your work mm. and then it, then it went into cd and the difference with the cd of course is that according to the artist you might get you know 12 images printed up onto cd so that's a you know that's a calling card as well but um and then everybody still wants to do vinyl they want to do their limited edition vinyl mm. and uh, and you can't beat it to, to be honest even now you can't beat it it all still looks pretty cool and oh, you know? when you get your final to to
1: hold you got it your... isn't it too right something to hold <laughs> i love yeah,
2: it yeah so it was a it was like a ritual wasn't it It you sure I mean? was. Got... and
1: the smell of the printing like i just i love those days i used to put them in the plastic <laughs> sleeves to preserve them all of that sad stuff did you ever shoot madonna no no did you want to how come you missed madonna she was of
2: that era came to the uk plenty always in front of her. Yeah. how yeah. did you miss madonna uh, i don't know <laughs> I probably I don't know. I just missed her. Um, what would you have done with it, so you think? I... Uh,
1: have you got an idea? Oh what uh, have
2: yeah. Done? yeah, I would have probably done. Would well, I have done similar things as to what you're looking at? But feasibly, the depends. So if it would have been, you know, if if I'd done a Smash Hits cover, it would be a Smash Hits cover, and I would I would have probably then got really pissed because I would have thought, oh god, I need to get her in somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Really, sort of, you know, like a different location or something which is going to look great. She did a lot of that sort of stuff, Mm. Um, but um, I would say, you know, it's it's a bit like um, trying to think. I mean, boy, George is not Madonna by any means, but you know, George is he was a fascinating guy, George, and you probably would have got the same sort of result from Madonna. I would, I would have got from George in what front was of the it camera. like working
1: with boy George I must say I I love my celebrities he really he bothers me um <laughs> his statements in the press he really I try I love his music I love his talent but I'm telling you like he's, he's unpredictable. Just, he strikes me as someone very very rude and not in a playful way like he was having a go at Janet Jackson the other day he had a go at Madonna the other day they all apparently ignored him backstage and I mean, he's got this "who do you, don't you know who I am" kind of attitude about him. To me, what was he like to work with?
2: I mean, he's you know he's into his image and he plays in front of the camera. He mm-hmm. is definitely can be rude, um, mm-hmm. but not. I never found him. We did a we did a boy catalogue once um, through um, Vivian Westwood um, stuff, um, in fact, it's on my it's on my um, so sort on of a selling site is just him holding up a boy badge in front of his eye right yes there, i've seen that yep yep yeah i mean
1: but did he turn up it, late was he demanding no
2: no, no he wasn't demanding anything, nothing like that no it would just it would be his, it will be what pops out of his mouth do right you know what I mean? so, so, and again you'd have to sometimes just take it with a pinch of salt and, you know otherwise you wouldn't you wouldn't shoot it would you do you know what I mean it wouldn't get anywhere
1: well, what would and, happen? Yeah, can was, I can I ask if 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 you didn't like the person uh, on the
2: other side of the camera, does that affect mm. the photography? Can do. I can yeah. do. Again, you know, like, like I said, very few people would be sure. Sure. Too hard work. You know what I mean? They were there for that reason. You know, they're not going to not want to look good. We were doing um, going back to Carly quickly. Yeah. Uh, we were at um, a Smash Hits um, event one of their sort of you know smash it awards things and uh, i went down to, and they said can you go do you, would you try and get kylie to come in here and do sh- quick shots so i popped down to say hello and she was with a i, I don't know what boyfriend it was that, at that point a model or something like that what year was it uh, God, <laughs> then i, I can know. tell you no <laughs> it, it was a blue it was a blue background shot we did in the red dress
1: oh that was 94 that was put yourself in my place Right. Right. Okay. I'll try to work out yeah, who that was. So you went down, yeah, yeah. And you're trying to ask her to yeah, come so up and...
2: to you, Yeah, so I said, yeah, because it popped down for 10 minutes. And that's, I mean, it was only 10 minutes. And we did that shot, which I was really happy with. But the guy who was who was, was nodding to her, um, that's enough. And he took he took her away. And I thought, and I <laughs> got very close to getting stroppy then. Really? Thinking, for fuck's sake, mate. Yeah, was he only tall? because it wasn't. Yeah, he was.
1: Yeah, that might have been a photographer, you know. Was that Stephen Sidano?
2: I think no that. No well,
1: have no you ever idea. heard of him? He shot all her Impossible Princess and they were together for quite a while, he's French.
2: Oh, Was he? Yeah, that he was French, yeah, that sounds right about right. But. Sounds about
1: right. Okay. Maybe he didn't maybe he was <laughs> jealous that you were a well-known photographer. Who knows? I've
2: not I've no I, do, I don't put those things in front of me. Yep. But what I do put in front of me is the fact that, you know, if you if you agreed to turn up and she was looking at him you know and for, for a bit of guidance and uh, you know she was turning on and it was great in front of camera she knew who i was mm-hmm. wasn't a problem there mm-hmm. if he hadn't have been there we would have got more right definitely got more stuff out of it and i remember going away i remember him you know doing something and putting it away and i, I said to uh, you know the picture Ed, I, I can't i can't repeat what i said probably on here but no yes you can what did you say yeah, I just said what a cunt <laughs> do You know what I mean? I mean? and that that would really piss me off as a as a London boy. I've probably said a few more things as well, but I bet, I bet. When was the last time you shot Kylie? Uh that probably was it actually. That probably was ninety four. Right, ninety four slash ninety five, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Wow. Okay, and and, and you've seen images of her recently she's she's having a resurgence right would you love yeah, yeah. would you
2: love to work with her again love to yeah yeah, yeah. she's i mean i've I, I, I have nothing but fond memories of her um, everyone she's, um, says she's
1: lovely to work with and and professional is that yeah is that fair yeah that
2: that's sums her up yeah a system was like it as well you know, Danny was the same yeah because you, know, you shot that, a obviously. danny greatest hits
1: you shot an album cover for her didn't you
2: yeah, yeah, I did. did a I did about three or four. in the UK,
1: I think, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I,
2: I can't remember which ones it was now, but um, right, right. Yeah, we did. I mean, she, obviously, she. We we did her when she was slightly fuller, and then you know then she hooked up with the actor. Who was the actor guy? She married? Julian McMahon. Julian. Uh, yeah, that's him. He popped in, and we did a shoot with him and her, and, um, and she'd she'd gone on some kind of radical diet somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, slimmed down a lot and, and actually started to look very not much like Kylie by that point. Obviously, a sister, so they will do, but
1: amazing. So, you've, you've had some adventures, Simon.
2: I have, yeah, yeah. I know. What a
1: life you've had. It's, I mean, what, what kind of life has it been?
2: It's been amazing, it's been, been absolutely incredible. I've got it's a funny one, isn't it? Because what you get, you get wrapped up into what you're doing, and until someone talks about it. You, remind you, like right now, mm. you're, you're making me go back into my uh, in my memory banks, which um, there's a lot of stuff there <laughs> I've got to pull out. Um, but I'll, I'll do a couple of books at some point, I think. And uh,
1: Well, what do they say, Some They say if you can find okay, – there's a much more eloquent way of saying it, but basically if you find a job that's your passion, then it's not a job anymore, it's just a way of life or def- something like definitely,
2: that. Definitely, yeah, definitely a way of life.
0: Definitely mm. a way of life.
2: Mm. I mean, I still – you know, I still pick up the camera. I'm, I'm even getting shots on my iPhone, do you know what I mean? which I'd never thought I'd do in the first place. Mm, mm. I, I, you know, you go in the park and you go, oh, that's not, I really can't help doing that. Do you know what I mean? And I often say, shit, I, was, I need my real camera here. And, uh, <laughs> you can't do that, do you know what I mean? It's, um, and I'm still shooting, so it's, I still love it and I'm still working with my son.
1: We're also excited to talk to you, Simon, because we're we're you're in the fortress of pop culture. I didn't welcome you in. You're in the fortress right now. And we know that you shot nearly every one of the people in the stable of PWL. You know, there was Banana Rama. I know that you, you shot Shabon when she moved off to Shakespeare's sister. And um, yeah. all of them Rick Astley, Jason
2: Donovan. What was Jason Donovan like? He's apparently a really nice guy. I'm going to be honest with you. Most of the Aussies that I meet. I just really down to earth. Yeah, well, do you know what I mean? You yeah. you are you are a breed that it's you know it's no pretension. I not care. There's no <laughs> pretension. No, there really isn't. There really I'm isn't nodding my straight. head,
1: and we're hard workers as well. Like that's that's truthful. Like uh, Australians are, you know, people that we we love our um outdoors and all of that. But yeah, yeah. most Australians I know we're we're hard workers, put our head down, and
2: yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Again, Jace. Just quickly on to Jace. I mean, Jace went from that kind of pop star, you know, glam pop star thing, and that he, because uh, we did it through um, Richard, his, his his management at the end, uh, Richard East and uh, shoots, and he went moody, you know, in ca- in fr- front of camera, and it looked great. You know what I mean? I, I was really chuffed with that. But um, we get some much more sort of earthy kind of you know rock and roll looking stuff. But um, and I, I can't you know, Jace was one of the nicest geezers.
1: Simon, was there a difference when you were shooting the the UK pop stars? Because there's an instant knowing when you meet someone from your, your homeland so the U, to the US stars. Like Tina Turner, I know you shot her. Uh, <coughs> Vanilla Rice, who, when he must have been in the UK. And
2: you've already oh, talked God. about,
1: oh, oh God, Vanilla Rice, oh God.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> Tell me. No, no, I can't. Well, you can you know, tell me something.
1: Just, you can okay, tell me all about
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was a bit of a giveaway, wasn't it? Um <laughs> Yeah, he no, he turned off and... it I What can I say about him? I think sometimes I, th- I think on the American front. This is not all Americans, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they get I think they get a lot, of, uh, a lot of a lot of encouragement to be more than what they are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, you can get pulled away into that and sometimes you believe all the shit that you're hearing, whereas people like Aussies and Brits don't get into that pull.
1: In, in Australia, like, if you look at Kylie jason <clears throat> even michael hutchins yeah. there's a separation you know that there's your profession where you put on that yeah. persona and it's a job yeah. actually even though it's a fun job and it's a it's a, a remarkable job you're still yeah. you 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 can separate whereas the u.s stars i noticed that they seem to feel like they need to become that person and they lose who they are and certainly <laughs> Vanessa yeah. rice uh, from interviews and stuff yeah. that i saw around the time he's sort of Seem to think that character he was, was him.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. And um, that was borderline funny. <laughs> that's the problem. Did he insist I, on I, bending
1: I, I, over and giving you the, the, the rapper's fingers?
2: Yeah, that, that and, and then he'd say, oh, God, you're going to get me going. He'd say things that like, I've got a new move, and he'd do this move, and he'd go, what's new about that? <laughs> 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 I've got a new move,
1: and then he'd do something, and he'd go, uh, where's the new move?
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. Um <laughs> I, This is on podcast, so you're gonna you're gonna fucking let that one go, probably. But I'm just saying that's. I'm sure now he's might obviously come out of that kind of run, and you know, you you must get at a point if you leave the area, you must probably think to yourself, "Well, man, I shouldn't have done that." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, totally. You and, understand and, well, like, what you're up to,
1: and I think that's a good point when you're in a different country too. You know, all of that, and look, negotiating fame. To be fair to all of the people that might lose themselves for a moment. Negotiating fame mm. is not something I've had to do, uh, you know, on any grand scale, but I imagine it would mm. be bloody hard to not believe all of totally. that admiration. It must be hard.
2: I'll tell you what, there's a, there's a little thing that reminds me. Uh, I do a lot of work with Hal Jones, who's, um, uh, you, you obviously know, um, and we were doing a shoot down in Wales uh, with H. We were doing a, like a calendar and all, all um, his merch stuff. And we pulled into um, a petrol station. We are on, we on like a Winnebago thing, which held, held all the lights, makeup artists, all the clothes and that sort of stuff. But obviously he had to get petrol. And he, we walked in to get a coffee, and he walked into a record shop. And I would say within one minute, you probably had about 30 people mm. just around him. And then he legged it back to the, um, you know, signing stuff on the way back. By the time he got back to the bus, there must have been 50 people. I didn't wow. think there was 50 people in his place. Wow. I mean, that's how weird it is sometimes. When you just got a great. Like, oh my God, that's how... Someone obviously said that's Howard. And we, they just came out of the woodwork. It was just like the weirdest fucking thing. I couldn't keep up with him.
1: Listen, Simon, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I hope you've had plenty of coffee while you've been talking to us.
2: I've, I've had one. I'm going to have one more after this. But I'm sorry about all the... Uh, those emails doing silly things and all sorts of oh
1: mate no no that my fault but look I hope that you've enjoyed um, spending some time reflecting on this amazing yeah career. no it's been
2: great thanks Tim I really appreciate it
1: and I'd also again just like you to know that your, your, your pictures bring a lot of pleasure and there's so many memories have you you must have heard that from fans before these album covers mean a lot to us
2: I, d- I don't to be honest Tim I'm outside of having these sort of conversations which I, I don't to be honest we do a lot of um mm. Uh, so, um, yeah, chuffed some, that some, gets that kind of acknowledgement, that's always great, it's always good to hear. Yeah, well, I, I do, I really um, want you to been know that
1: they're, 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 they're pieces of art that are absolutely, they're, they're part, of, part of my history, a lot of those album covers that I can see on your site. Awesome. They really are. So thank you so much, Simon, and
3: you have a fantastic oh, pleasure.
2: day. And you, mate. So what time is it in Aussie, is it? it,
4: Whenever I listen to Tim and his panel of guests, my toes begin to curl. And I feel just the right amount of tingling all over my aching body. Now, let's get back to the show.
1: <laughs> You're listening to Time to Talk. Now, for those of you who haven't heard Richard on the show before... By the time the Celebration Tour is over, he will have attended 109 Madonna shows in his lifetime. How does that make you feel, Richard?
4: (laughs) Uh, It's quite amazing, (laughs) actually. I can't can't believe when I look back on the tickets and everything and I've got got all the tickets, all the programs, you know, and I look back on them and it's just – I've got some amazing memories and I've made some amazing friends.
1: I have to ask – did you see some of the comments underneath our last chat which by the way if you want to listen to richard's initial chat i think it's called the most respectable or refined review of celebration ever i think that's the title go back in our archives and have a look but richard underneath the 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 comments section there were many people disputing that it's that you saw 109 shows
4: are they just jealous I'm sure there. I'm sure there is. I mean, it, I mean, when you think about it, it's quite amazing. But I mean, I've seen every show, so it's not like I've just been a fan over the past couple of years and I've only seen shows what she's done because obviously I wouldn't have been able to rack up that number. Uh, but you know, when you've been seeing her since 1985, it's quite easy to add up that number. And yes, it's jealousy.
1: But Richard, you have nothing to prove. Now, have you heard of somebody called Matt Welsh before? I haven't, no. That's fine. That's fine. Because you are here to respond to some criticism of Madonna and the Celebration Tour. What I'm going to do with your blessing is play you some excerpts and just get you to respond right from the heart. Does that sound okay to you?
4: Well, I think you know I'll respond from the heart, so I don't have an issue with that whatsoever.
1: (laughs) No, you absolutely are a man who is full of heart. Let's have a listen to clip number one.
0: Now, there's, there's nothing wrong with a 65-year-old singer going on tour. Um, Aretha Franklin was still performing at the age of 75 before she died. But, but a, a 65-year-old woman should perform like a 65-year-old woman. Classy, refined, mature, dignified, dazzling with a beautiful vocal performance rather than relying on sex appeal. The problem, though, is that Madonna can't sing and she can't write good music and she wouldn't know classiness and refinement if it fell out of the sky and landed on her head, which means that the people who buy tickets for the celebration tour and for the life of me, I can't understand why anyone would, are in for an incredibly cringy display. And however cringy you think it might be, I assure you that it's even worse than that.
1: Richard, this is a gentleman by the name of Matt Welsh. He's one of those sort of Um, commentators around sort of the era of Jordan Peterson and Shapiro. Uh, I actually quite like the man usually, but when I saw this clip, I thought I have to get a fan to respond. What do you make of what he said?
4: Well, first of all, I know why I've never heard of him now, because why would I I want anyone so trashy in my life? That's the first thing. Uh, Secondly, I noticed he he plays on her age quite a bit. Uh, And her age doesn't come into it Just because she's 65 Does that mean sex finishes So when we get to a certain age then Does our sex appeal just dry up like a prune You know, I mean, I hope mine doesn't But there we go
1: and also- Richard, if, if if I can just interrupt you there, I've been watching Matt Welsh. He doesn't normally comment on pop culture, by the way. It's politics. He's actually the maker of a film some of you might have heard, um, a documentary called What is a Woman?, And he was the one that stalked different professionals around the world, scientists and university professors, and pushed them on that question of what is a woman. Some people might go, aha, I do know that guy now. But I'm telling you, if there's one thing I know about him from listening to him on podcasts and watching his stuff, he's emotionally immature and he is very sexually repressed. I think he embarrasses easily. So interesting that you note that he might have a problem with people in their 60s having sexuality
4: well it definitely definitely came across in that clip there and I mean the other thing is she's not the only woman doing it look at Cher you, you know you've got Cher out there and, the, and an outfit what I just saw just last night when I was actually watching some clips and she was there and like her breath were out good for Cher why not you know I like to think anybody can embrace what they've got you know she, she's she's You're paying for a ticket for a show. You know, Madonna, anyone who's going to that show, if they're expecting to go and see a Katy Perry show, you're in for a shock.
1: Can I play you clip number
4: two? You you can play me clip number two. Brace yourself.
0: And for those who are blessed to only be listening to the audio podcast and were therefore spared the visuals, I will just tell you that Madonna appears to be wrapped in aluminum foil while she clings onto a support rail and gyrates clumsily to techno music, and you know it, it's kind of like if you brought your elderly aunt to a rave, and she got way more into it than you expected. It, it's, it's an embarrassing sight to behold, but also oddly fascinating in the same grotesque way that you, know, you might gawk at roadkill while you drive by trying to figure out, like, is that a raccoon or a fox? What is that?
1: I shouldn't laugh, Richard. I'm a big Madonna fan, but it's just so over the top.
4: I now know this, Jen, is. I've actually heard about this. And what uh-huh. he seems to forget to mention there is, yes, she is holding on to a bar, not all the way through, but when she's leaning out of a box that is like 20, 30 foot above the audience and she's dancing, she's not in a foil. she's foil. She's actually dressed in a catsuit and she's actually up in the air Flying quite fast over the audience, going backwards, forward, side to side, and she holds onto the bar a couple of times when she leans really forward. If she didn't hold onto the bar, she would fall. You know, so of course she's going to hold onto the bar. It's this is Ray of Light, bar. isn't
1: it? Is that what she's singing at the time? It I is.
4: It's Ray of Light is talking about, yeah. and she's yeah. she's dancing and she's up above the audience. And as she leans, it's the only time she holds onto it is when she leans forward and she leans forward to the audience looking down at them and singing and she holds onto the support bar. Why wouldn't you? And it's you? one of
1: the best parts of the tour. Like I've seen, I haven't been to the tour, I've seen the clips. By the way, there's a rumour she's bringing it to Australia. Almost lost my breath when I read that um, about a week ago. So hopefully she does. But I've seen the clips and this is a really awesome part of the tour.
4: It is. And do and, you know, it's it's one of the most... Euthoric parts of the show, the audience goes mental, you know. No nobody's that bothered. You know, she's holding onto a bar and leaning out. It's the music, the 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 dancers on the stage, she's above us, flying left, right, backwards, forwards, you know, and it's real it's real showmanship. Does she look like a drunken heart
1: at a at a family reunion?
4: Why wouldn't she? I love a drunken aunt, a family reunion. <laughs> They're the best ones. Who wants the boring aunt sat in the corner with a sausage roll? Come on. <laughs> Good stuff, Richard.
1: Good stuff. Okay. Now, in case anybody's going, this is aging crap and I'm turning it off. Well, he's got something to say and this might be the only thing I have some tendency to agree with him on. Let's have a listen.
0: Now, as for the ageism claims, um, let me just say one thing. We are not an ageist society. We are the opposite. We are an age-denying society. And, and that's how you end up with 65-year-old pop stars and 80-year-old presidents and a Congress filled with people who took office sometime around the, the War of 1812. Now, you say you agree with that, Bert?
1: I t- look, I can't tell you, Richard, how many people I've had on this show about Kylie, Madonna, Cher, any of them, any of the greats, and say, oh, it's ageist. It's all ageist. Let me just start off by saying that Cher, Madonna, Kylie, Cindy Lauper, any of those people in that ilk are the walking embodiment of evidence that there is no ageism. Ageism is a systemic thing. Can people say ageist remarks and have all of those ladies been subject to ageist remarks? Absolutely. Agree with that. But I'll give you 77 million reasons why Madonna is not subject to ageism, systemic ageism. 77 million US dollars <laughs> the Celebration yes. Tour has taken. Yeah. Give me a break. Are we really saying that this woman is a victim? Don't yeah, even get me
4: I, I, I can see I can see what you're saying, but I mean he, he was very quick to actually point out her age. It was very quick to point out her age. And what he forgot to say is these people of a certain age you know, they've worked their ass off to get to that age. They've worked their their whole career. They have worked through it. That's why, that's why they're of a certain age and they're actually up there still. It's because they don't just sit back and let the younger generation take over. They love what they're doing. And you can see, I mean, I'm not, I've said before, I'm not a Kylie fan, but she's worked her ass off just like Madonna has. You know, and Cher. You know, there's no stopping her. There's no stopping that woman. She brought a Christmas album out this this year. It's like we're going to roll her out every Christmas, but good for Cher. <laughs> you know, she's going to be the new Bublé, isn't she? She's going to come out at Christmas, and here we go again. She's going to be like oh, a cracker. Oh, God, I hope
1: not. The new <laughs> Mariah. Well, I heard that Mariah was a bit upset that Cher might be the new queen of Christmas.
4: Mm. Well, exactly, exactly. But, you know... <laughs> Madonna, I don't care what anyone says and I know I'm a Madonna fan and I am a massive Madonna fan. I wouldn't say I'm the number one Madonna fan. I'm sure there's people out there listening to this saying I'm more of a fan than he is. We are all Madonna fans in our own right. However, she has worked her ass off for her career.
1: I also agree with what he has to say about we live in an age-denying society. I don't know why we can't say Madonna is, what is she, 65? 65, 65. I think? yeah. 65, full stop. Yeah, All the Madonna fans I ever speak to go, she's 65, but she's 65. However, funnily enough, it's her fans who are the most ageist people that I've ever spoken to because they well, can't speak- stop mentioning her age.
4: You're not speaking to one now because I never mention her age. and You can ask anybody who knows me because her age to me is just a number. It doesn't well, mean anything to me. Do you think she's the victim of ageism though? I think people like to throw her age in there, especially when she does anything like uh, when but she's directed But why is that ageism? And way. sorry,
1: I'm not meaning to be rude, Richard, but, but that is exactly his point. Because people say she's 65, all of a sudden the finger gets pointed at them and say, "Oh, you're
4: ageist." Actually, no, she is 65. That's truth. That's not ageism, right? She is. But on another on another point, if she was 25 and she was doing the exact same show, would we be having this conversation? Would this conversation be even be out? No, it wouldn't. It would be a I don't acceptable. agree with you,
1: Richard. When Miley Cyrus came out, she was younger than 25, I think, and she came out and did the twerk, and she was wearing plenty. Everyone said she was half naked. She wasn't at all. She was wearing like a swimming costume, basically, what I see at the beach every day. And people made a big fuss about it. It's a conservative bias that people have. It's not an ageist bias, and so I don't agree with you. If someone else came out doing the same stuff in the same outfits, in the same Breast-enhancing costumes—they'd probably get criticism too.
4: It's a certain person who comes out and says all oh, this, is so, isn't it? It's, it they're is. not very open-minded. Very, they're the very closed-minded. It's like uh, they're the like people Matt who like—they're the people. Yeah, they're the people who think sex should be behind closed doors.
1: <laughs> not on
4: the beach I'm, like you right <laughs> yeah yeah and, and like uh and, and a lot of these people i mean i'm not i'm not now getting into sexism but it sounds like it's going to turn into this it's like if this was a man doing it would anything be said if it was a man up there dressed in chaps you know having the time of his life you know nothing would be said you know that that would be oh, acceptable i can't
1: disagree more there was some guy up there with chaps not long ago and everyone was freeze framing it, going, "Oh my god, no!" Don't agree. I think it, it's Little a prudish, It's a prudishness rather than I just don't it is. agree that it's It's a prudishness. It is. it is. Yeah,
4: yeah. It is. And 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 like like I said, the ageism thing. You know, the do. While we're saying there's no ageism yet, while they do like to point out her age, but why shouldn't sixty five year old woman come on stage, show who she is, be proud of her body. She's worked for that body, you know, and why shouldn't she come out there? And if she wants to be sexual, let her be sexual. Couldn't agree more.
1: But if there was a system in place saying she's not allowed, that would be ageism. But there is no system. She's out there doing it. So actually her tour is the evidence that there is not an ageist system in place. Well, would it be ageism? Ageism.
4: What was that? Because blonde, would it be ageism? Because let's go back to the blonde ambition then. Yeah. There was a system in in place there saying she wasn't allowed to do the things she was doing.
1: Yeah. Well, We're only saying
4: this because she's sixty five.
1: Again, I think you've just sort of contradicted yourself. When she was in her thirties, blonde ambition, and she put her hand in her crotch, she was threatened with arrest. So That's she what I'm wasn't sixty
4: five. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, what, what I'm actually saying there is people are saying now, because she's of a certain age, she shouldn't be doing this. And you, you just sort of said there, you know, there is if there was something in place, some sort of laws or something, well, there was back then. She wasn't allowed to do that, but she still did it because Madonna puts her finger up to everybody. And as she ends the show, she says, bitch, I'm Madonna. And that's what she's telling you. Well, no, no matter what age she is, she will do what she wants.
1: And no matter what age she has been, she's always been criticised for this. It didn't suddenly kick into place because she was in her 60s. People are definitely looking to her and thinking, hmm, where are the boundaries here? And I think that's a great thing that she's got us thinking. Now, Richard, are you brave enough to listen to
4: one last clip? Yes, go on. Give it to me.
0: Madonna is just, she is too old to be gyrating on stage in a skin-tight aluminum leotard. And we can argue about whether anyone of any age should be behaving that way. But there's no question that for her at her age, she looks pathetic and clumsy and ridiculous. And it's not that a 65-year-old woman can't be beautiful. No, a 65-year-old woman can be beautiful. But a beautiful 65-year-old woman is a 65-year-old woman who knows that she is 65 and embraces the fact. You know, beauty and truth go hand in hand. But when you are not honest with yourself and the world about who you are, you end up looking not beautiful but weird and grotesque.
1: i got to say, Richard, that one does border on an ageist comment. Again, you not know, systemic ageism. I was just going to
0: jump in there. I was yeah. just going
4: to say to you, you know, you agreed with his last comment and you said he's not, not been ageist but on this one. But I'd like to just go back to what he actually said. So what he's saying is a 65-year-old woman shouldn't be proud of herself, shouldn't be sexual, and he's saying she shouldn't show the world how she feels about herself. That, that, that to me, what is what he's saying. I don't care whether it's Madonna or any 65-year-old woman. You know, why shouldn't they express herself? Madonna reference there. You know, why shouldn't they be who they want to be? You know, it, it, it's crazy to think just because she's of a certain age... She should not show her sexuality and who she is and who she feels she is.
1: Yeah, I've got to say he seems to have a very predetermined view about what a beautiful sixty-five year old should look like. And I can almost guarantee you in his head, he's got a very he's got a photograph of what that is, and anyone who deviates from that isn't beautiful or is tragic or grotesque, I think he said, didn't he? Can I can I just say this? He he has every right. To be uh, disgusted by the celebration tour and Madonna and the way she presents herself, as much as she has the right to present herself, how the hell she wants?
4: I totally agree with you. He, he has got a right. He's got a right to do it, but he knows he's going to get a backlash, and that's what he's done it for. He's got some headlines, aren't he? I mean, because as soon as you played that second clip, I knew exactly who he was. You know, so <laughs> yeah,
1: you think he got, might have got... been baiting us all? Do you think?
4: Oh, we're talking about him now. You know, he's just he's just pushing like Madonna pushes. He's just doing the exact same as her. So he's doing the exact same as this 65-year-old woman who he thinks should be sat at home doing a crochet and doing a knitting. He's, do, he, he's doing the exact same thing as she is. You know, he might not be doing it in a sexual way because I'm sure he wouldn't be able to, you know, because I'm sure it's lights off and under the covers for him. However, she's quite open about it. So maybe he needs to just take out the knitting needles and crack on. I have no doubt that
1: Matt Welsh is baiting for views, but Richard, let's be honest with each other. In my world, I have had, it's a very common view, I'm not going to lie, people who know that I like Madonna and pop stars, plenty of them have said to me, oh, my God, she's tragic. Tim, she's tragic. They see a, a, a picture in the paper of the Celebration Tour, maybe one of those lace costumes where her breasts are very prominent and out. Um, and look, is Matt really saying anything that most people aren't thinking?
4: Look at how many people at the show, look at, look at how she's sold out. You know, it's like, it might be saying what some people are thinking, you know, but these people who are thinking this, you know, that's their opinion. I'm sure some of them who the straight guys out there, when they get 65, I'm sure they would love their wife to look like that and to dress like that. I'm sure there would. And if there wouldn't, there's something very wrong with them as well. Why, after all these years, should she come on in jeans and a sweatshirt and sing? I would be <laughs> gutted. I would, You know, if I turned up at a Madonna show and it was like she was there just as an, a normal 65-year-old lady, I... <laughs> I will be blown away. I mean, yeah, it might make more headlines than what this is making. Actually, it might. But I mean, like the shares, the Kylies, the Madonnas—they will always dress like they're dressing because it is part of their DNA. It's who they are. Why? Why should they be suppressed because a few people are upset by it?
1: The truth is, Richard, when I watch the celebration to eclipse, and I've seen them all. I actually think she's rather demure. I know Madonna probably better than the average Joe in the street, right? And I mm-hmm. actually think, considering how outrageous I thought she might be, I think she's covering up quite a lot for most of the show. I'm Get she more out it. is what I say. <laughs> there
4: you go, I agree <laughs> with you. But, I mean, it's like she's done it to the best of her ability and she's done it, I think, with dignity. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with the at all. I've, I've, I mean... I, I've seen her in worse. We've all we've all seen the sex book, you know, uh, which is still doing the rounds. You know, it's still it's out beautiful. there. It's,
1: it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is
4: it. It's uh, it, the artistic side of that is absolutely amazing. Mm. And I mean, like they've just done the the show on it, have not they? You know, so it's like mm. people out there celebrating what she's done, doing and what she's done. You know, I mean, like you look back at when she started and she first came out in a lace and a corsets and stuff, and it were like. She's freed women, really. She's freed women, and she's freed the pop industry as well. And also, for men and women, she's moved forward. She's moved boundaries. And like I said to you before, you know, she's put a lot of things in that have been game-changing, that have been the blueprint for people going forward. And you know we can't not sort of mention all this and not mention Cher. You look at Cher's outfits and stuff. She's been an advocate as well for like I will do what I want and women. You know, and I'm and I'm singing Cher's praises here. And I, and anyone will tell you I'm not a Cher fan either. But I mean, I think to myself, you know, anyone like her, I don't look at them and think disgusting or anything. I think good on them. You you do you you do what you want to do. It's it's a world. It's a sad world out there at the moment, and we've got sad people pulling other people down because they want to be who they want to be and they're making millions of people happy so yeah. good for her
1: couldn't have said it better richard yeah she she needs to, at least matt didn't go as far as saying she needs to be cancelled and she needs to stop and all of that sort of stuff because that's where my lines drawn i don't care if someone's offended plenty of people are plenty of people wouldn't do that themselves but she gets the right to be who she is and The people that understand Madonna know that that actually is who she is. She loves being a brat, and she will never stop. Final comment, Richard. What is your direct message to Matt Welsh if he was listening to this?
4: Right, Matt. Get yourself a woman who's going to turn the light on and give you the best fucking ride of your life (laughs) because then you might realise just why Madonna is Madonna.
1: And Matt, if you're listening, I actually really respect you. I really do. But I really wouldn't be surprised if you have sex with your wife through a hole in a sheet because you are absolutely terrified of sex. And Madonna could actually <laughs> enlighten you there because she did for all of us. She can do the she same thing. She definitely for
4: you. did. And she still is. And she Richard, still is. Richard, thank you so much. You're welcome. Anytime, you know where I am.
1: listening to Time to
3: Talk. Hi team. Hi listeners. This is Kim from Finland. I was just listening to your latest episode while I was out with my dog as usual. <laughs> then I came home and I had to listen to it again because I was laughing so hard because it's so fun to talk about something else than pop music. So let's talk about politics, ageism, and sex. I actually have this blog since 2005 with the slogan, Personal Pop and Politics, because that's what I like to talk about. Kimdacosta.com. It's in Swedish, but anyway, because I am part of this Swedish-speaking minority of this country. Anyway, you were talking about Matt Walsh, and it was so funny, because I always thought that he was a bit bitter because I've been following him for probably a couple of years and quite often I agree with him but sometimes he takes it a little bit too far and then I get a bit pissed off Um, but I realize now that he's not bitter he's sexually repressed you're so right you really nailed it on this one and um, uh, you can imagine how sexually Not repressed, but deprived or frustrated or suppressed I am, because I've been single for about five years and I don't do one-night stands. Uh, Which probably has to do with the fact that when I had my first sexual experiences, let's say, it was right at the time of the AIDS crisis. Actually... Right at the time when Madonna released her erotica album. And I was so scared. It was a death sentence back then. So I got stuck in this mindset. Plus I'm a romantic. But I'm a very horny bastard. So if anyone wants to help a brother out. Drop me a line. You can imagine how frustrated I am after five something years. So I'll give you the fucking ride of your life. Anyway. Then you were talking about ageism. And this age denying society. It was a very, very interesting concept that I haven't really thought about. And I have to analyze this a little bit more because I always analyze things before before I talk. Because then when I talk I know that I'm right. (laughs) I sort of agree with it, but also because I just turned 49 on New Year's Eve. 40 fucking nine which is unbelievable, I look like 35. But I understand or I experience that if I, for instance, if I am in contact with someone, let's say a doctor or I'm applying for a new job and they don't meet me, they just see my age and they treat me differently. But then when they meet me, they see that I'm not this old man, grandpa, And then they treat me in another way. So I think it's a very interesting concept. And I have to analyze this a little bit more. Then you were talking about um, that Madonna is more covered up on her recent tour. And I agree with that. And I think it's fabulous because I never understood this skin-exposing obsession. Well, maybe I should just shut the fuck up because I'm... a obviously a homosexual man, but imagine the most beautiful, sexy woman ever in the history of mankind, Marilyn Monroe. You know these classic pictures when she's wearing white or beige pants and a black jumper? She doesn't expose any skin and she's so damn hot. Um, Although I'm gay, I obviously appreciate a woman's beauty. And I I know beauty and sexiness when I see it. I just don't get excited. And I actually think quite a lot of men, straight men, agree with me. I may be wrong. But for instance, my best friend, Jenny Wikström, she's a voluptuous woman, slightly younger than me. But whenever we are somewhere in public, just walking down the street... These men are turning their heads, probably both their heads, if you know what I mean. And she never shows any skin or cleavage. She's just so damn sexy. Even if we go to a gay bar, she's the one they try to pick up. Not me, which is weird. I don't understand. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not even ugly. I don't have muscles or anything, but I don't know. So... Um, Oh, and yes, the documentary, What is a Woman? by Matt Walsh. It's so fabulous. You can find it online if you do a little bit of searching. It's, It's so bizarre that we live in a world where people can't even answer the question, what is a woman? It's so weird. Anyway, I think that's it. Thank you again for a great podcast. Bye from Kim from Finland.
1: And as always, thank you, Kim from Finland, for writing... Oh, sorry, for sending us a voice message, which everyone can do. Time to talk Australia at com. Let us know what you're thinking. And Kim, I hope you're keeping warm. I read in the news the other day that you're experiencing some record temperatures. Minus... 40 degrees celsius? Come on. It's not even possible, is it? Does that mean if you walk outside, you're instantly turned into a beautiful crystal ice block? I mean, surely. In fact, I've always wanted to do this. I'm not from a cold climate. Take a pot of boiling water, Kim, out to your balcony or front door and just toss it in the air. Apparently, it has quite an effect, according to the internet. It has been a pleasure talking to all of you during this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And as I say, I'd love to hear from you. What would you like to talk about? Have you got a favorite artist that you'd like to raise attention about? Have you got something to say about our Madonna, our Kylie? And most importantly, I am looking desperately, desperately for Michael Jackson fans. If you'd like to come on and talk about his innocence, how fans feel about his legacy all these years since he passed away in 2009, I believe it was, then I would love to hear from you. I'm finding it incredibly difficult. Michael Jackson fans, you're so suspicious. So suspicious. Thank you for listening, everybody, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again sometime soon. Stay safe.